It's two jerks, one vote. Jerkatorium doing reviews of song fight songs, and it's crowded in the recording studio today because our guests are all of the members of Miscellaneous Jerk. We're here with Owl. Hi, I'm Chumpy, and this is the Jerk. Hi. Now here's how this thing works. We won some fights enough that we think we know our stuff. We listen to your submission, subjected to our praise and our derision. I know that sounds unfair. But you're not obliged to care Yeah, you're gonna lose this song fight And yes, I'm talking to you Yeah, you're gonna lose this song fight Deep down inside you know that it's true We were just talking about whether we're narcissists for only doing podcasts when we actually have a song. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like the whole thing is just kind of narcissistic, like yeah. in general, right? I mean, so. That's what song fights are all be. about. Yeah, don't be ashamed. Yeah. There's a little bit of that in there anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean, I, I actually kind of prefer it when it's the most. Like I, I like uh, the side fights and the cover fights when they are the most narcissistic and incestuous. You know, I like song fighters covering other song fighters instead of song fighters covering other songs or giving people just random stuff to do. I like it when it's looking in. But it stays in the so. family. Exactly, exactly. When it's stuff that nobody else in the world could possibly relate to. That's that's when I like it the best. That's right. But, that's why we all love the meta song fight songs the most. Oh. <laughs> We'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. Should we launch into it? Yeah. Let's talk about some songs. All right. Welcome to Two Jerks, One Vote. It's been a while. We've been kind of out of commission for some uh, what I'll call legit life events from both Chumpy and I. And, and I will call laziness. Let's call it a combination. But no, we've, we've each you know, been doing some other serious things that have lessened the priority of these podcasts. That, that's my excuse for us anyway. But this time around, we have another guest, a returning guest. It's Owl. And I'm going to do pretty much the same intro from the last time that she was a guest for this podcast during the two hits song fight. Owl is a three-time, three-peat song fight champion as Miscellaneous Owl. And as part of uh, Vowel Sounds, she's won six song fights. And since our last podcast with her, Vowel Sounds won Nurein 14 with their amazing suite of songs that all followed one consistent narrative, all excellent songs, and an incredible accomplishment. She also makes wonderful songs and music videos with her band Gentle Brontosaurus. Check them out on Bandcamp and on YouTube. Very recently, she did a collaboration with another band, but we'll get to that later. Welcome back, Owl. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. Oh, our pleasure. Do you have anything that you want to plug? I forgot to plug the the actual website, which is gentlebrontosaurus.com. Is that true, or is it something else? Uh, I believe that's true. Yeah, it just points to the other 
places, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, our band camp and, and so on and so forth. I usually post the various solo songs and demos that I do of varying levels of quality to the Miscellaneous Owl Bandcamp, which is miscellaneousowl.bandcamp.com. But, okay. you know, it's all stuff for things like FOM and Songfight and 5090s, so there's nothing super polished up there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's it. I mean, I wanted to ask you if Spin Tunes was on your radar this time around. I don't know when Spin Tunes is happening. It kind of depends how much time and energy I have. I want to say January. Up. Like, I think there was just something on the boards about it. Okay, yeah. maybe. Yeah, I'll kind of see how uh, how my life is looking at that point, I think. Yeah, I but think it's, they were... it's shorter, right? It's like a smaller commitment than Neurine, right? Yeah, that's right. It's only... I'm spacing on how many songs it is. It's like four or five songs, I want to say. Four or five rounds. And there's an entire week, I think, between songs. Yeah, you have uh, a week to write and submit the song, then there's a week judging period, and then they start it up again. So it's a, it's a little more laid back, I want to say. At least you get a little break, but yeah. So it looks okay. like January 16th, 2020 is when it begins. Is that on the boards, or is that yeah, on Yeah, that was on the website? boards. I missed it. I, I, I got to keep up with the boards. I just don't. Governing Dynamics is going to be hosting rather than Dr. Lindyke. Oh. So we probably won't be judges. We'll get another chance to compete. Oh, yeah. I don't think we're going to be judges anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure we're not. After (laughs) the last debacle. (laughs) Yeah. No, it it, it was fine and everything. It's just just, uh, just different, I think. Okay. So uh, should we move into the reviews? Yeah. Let's talk about Try Me. What was your initial thought when you uh, heard the title? I thought it wasn't a bad title uh, at all. Uh, I thought the optional challenge was not necessarily fantastic i I thought that it's something that incorporating it into a song might ruin a song and may have ruined some of these songs that we're gonna hear also i thought oh they stole from one of our ideas for nurine but of course they didn't because they couldn't have known right so we rejected that for nurine we thought oh this is just gonna ruin songs i think that (laughs) i think that we didn't explicitly reject it we had uh, other better ideas that came up and took prominence over ASMR because I, I think that at, le- at least one of the judges was way way into the idea of having ASMR and I think I suggested it and regretted it almost immediately because I was like yeah this is going to ruin anything but yeah in this case maybe not so much but uh, you know some people definitely did it better than others but the title itself I didn't have any problem with what did you think Al? Yeah I thought it was a pretty good title you know it's not one of those ones that's so ultra specific that it seems hard to write to I guess and you know, seemed like there are kind of a lot of different ways you could take take this. I wasn't so sure about the ASMR challenge just because I was like, oh God, am I going to have to listen to, you know, like 20 songs of just people like, <laughs> like yeah. making noises into the, into the mic? It doesn't really sound that pleasant, but I, you know, I think mostly people don't go too over the top with that. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to eat something wet for three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> First, we'll start. I mean, that was what I did for the last challenge, basically. So, (laughs) (laughs) the the you know, for whoever listening who wasn't paying attention, the last fight was the optional challenge was um, play your instruments with food. So, one of the things that I did was percussion. That was just me eating a stick of celery like a wood chipper. (laughs) (laughs) Fight like I didn't like sample it once and then play it back. You know, every time I needed the sound, which you would think would be kind of the best thing to do. I was just like, I'm just going to eat this whole stick of celery (laughs) Um, at once. And it turns out to be kind of hard because like you can't really swallow, like you're not chewing fast enough to be able to swallow at the same time, or you get a gap in your percussion. So a lot of gross mouth sounds. Yeah, but people loved it. It got third place. So (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so there's something to that. Yeah. And I, I liked it. I like the song a lot. So yeah, <laughs> I, I don't want to encourage that sort of a thing, but Hey, if it works, it works. Yeah. I mean, I don't think a lot of people went with that challenge. It was just three people, I think maybe, mm. but I was like completely delighted by <laughs> the descriptions <laughs> of everyone who did, you know, hot pink halo posted an Instagram video. I think of her playing melodica with bananas. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know. It just made my day. That's pretty cool. And the uh, carrot saxophone mouthpiece, too. Oh, yeah. Just like, yeah, I mean, that's that's all in, you know, like the song is about carrots and it's played with the carrot. And I just liked it. And even if, you know, it's the kind of yeah, it is the kind of challenge that could very easily (laughs) ruin a lot of songs. But I I really enjoyed the, the whole meta challenge for that one, too. Yeah, I feel like inflatable vegetables missed their chance with that with that title. Did they ever? All right, well, um, let's launch into it. First up, alphabetically, as usual, Berkeley Social Scene. You're not alone, even in your own adventure. To set the tone, try to keep the target center. I have a feeling this is a Glenny song, just because it's very proggy. I like the sort of off-kilter rhythms and weird time signature that starts off in, and then it sort of transitions to a different time signature and feel right when the pre-chorus kicks in around 45 seconds into it. I like Glenny's vocals. I think he sounds pretty confident and pretty strong. And there's definitely, to my ear, some like Rush-influenced guitar sounds in here, which I also like. So, I don't know, it's nice to start off with sort of a prog rock palette cleanser. I, it kind of sounded like a live song, like at first, which I thought was kind of cool, but you sort of lost that live feel after a while. Um, I liked it. You know, it's very Berkeley social scene, very proggy. Uh, I will give them a vote probably just for competence, if I'm feeling generous, which I am. Okay. Yeah, I, I thought it was great drum work. That might be kind of probably some of what led to that uh, live feel that you were talking about. Let's see, I like the tone on the guitar, which is kind of hypnotic. The backing vocal work is wonderful, and I like how lush the verses sound. But I thought the switches between sections could be kind of jarring and um, incongruous, uh, especially at the chorus. Like, I can practically hear the click you know, from one section to another. And it seems like from the pre-chorus to the chorus, it kind of like almost stops and then clicks over to this whole other feel and maybe a whole other key or something like that. And that was a little jarring. But still, it's an impressive, impressive song that uh, I'm not going to add to any of my playlists because there's not much for me to come back for. I do like how it falls apart at the end, too, though. That was uh, kind of neat. You know, a different way to end a song. 
I'm going to give two disclaimers. One is that I only got a chance to listen to all these songs like twice. Um, so I, you know, I haven't really dived super deep into all of these. And, you know, I apologize in advance for anyone listening where uh, I haven't really, you know, grasped the core of your song or whatever. Um, and then the other disclaimer is that I really don't like prog rock. So I was like, <laughs> what are they doing? There's so much stuff going on. Oh, my God. I don't know. I was like, I, I definitely admire it. You know, it's like really well put together, like very competent. But in terms of my personal taste, I felt like, oh, God, there's just like too much stuff going on all at the same time. And, you know, those different, you know, switches like you were mentioning felt kind of weirdly abrupt to me. I really loved the chorus. I did feel like the word try me at the end of that was kind of the weakest hook, though. And I wish it was sort of like left mid-chorus or something, you know, like or, or buried. So kind of leaving you with that last try me as, you know, the last thing coming out of the chorus. I made a note also that I felt like the verse vocals, the lyrics didn't really feel like they fit super well into the time signature that they were in at that point. Like they just kind of wrote them separately and then like tried to fit them on top, but it didn't feel like they were kind of organically part of, of the song, which, you know, I think if you're playing kind of weird time signatures or like complicated rhythms, um, I didn't take note of, you know, what, <laughs> what time signature they're in at that point. But, you know, I think that can be kind of hard. Yeah. One other quick observation with this song, this brings Berkeley's social scene to one song behind Paco. Paco didn't submit for this one. So even though the song count is two apart from each other, that doesn't uh, show up on the archive until after this one. So if Paco doesn't submit for the next song and Berkeley's social scene does, then they will be tied for song count. Oh, the drama. Yeah. The stakes. The stakes, man. Yeah. <laughs> the prize for most prolific song song fight act. That's right. That's right. He's going to lose his subscription to whatever he wins weekly. I don't know. Uh, anyhow. All right. Let's move on to Cazero Taro. I assume that's how you pronounce it. In my mind, it was Cazaro Taro. Oh. Yeah, in my mind, it was also Cazaro Taro. Yeah. My mind is usually wrong when it comes to pronunciations. I used to pronounce the name Chloe Chalo, so <laughs> just not real good at that. <laughs> anyway, we can split the difference and just have it be uh, Kazero Taro, or, you know, vice versa. Ooh, I like that. Let's <laughs> <laughs> make it completely unpleasing to. <laughs> it's guaranteed to be wrong this way. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. And what's that thing about the stop clock being right once a day? sure ryan hated this song um i okay no uh actually i mean the the last line of my notes is that i did not dislike this song so i thought it sounded a little familiar and uh, so i checked into it and uh this guy did a couple of song fight songs back in uh, 2016 and neither of them really scored very well but uh th this song just on its own 
you know, it kind of switches between sections and it's just like the last one, just like the Berkeley social scenes. It's a little incongruous again. And the stressed syllables in the lyrics are occasionally kind of way off, but it's still kind of a charming little number. And I didn't dislike it, but I'm probably not going to vote for it. I thought it was, you know, kind of a cute, loungy song about office romance. And I liked it for that, even though it was sort of on the nose and the lyrics were not spectacular. I don't know. I really liked the the subtle horns that came in at the end. I thought the vocal layering at the end was pretty well done, too. Also, this song was quick and got out of my way. And, you know, the vocal delivery, I thought, was maybe a kind of tentative in places. But if I think a song is cute, I'm likely to vote for it. Yeah, I liked the kind of cute sound of it. But honestly, this song, like, creeped me out. <laughs> like, I was totally on board with the office romance thing until I got to that part where I was like, you need to try this office romance. And, I was, and then I started thinking about, like, so there's this person who just, you know, was in some relationship and, you know, is sad about it and broke up. And then, like, there's their coworker kind of creeping around is like, you need to give this a try. <laughs> like The vultures are circling. You have nothing to lose. It's like, no, I mean, you're coworkers, first of all. Like, that's not really <laughs> usually a rec- like a great idea. And also, like, what if you were that person and had, like, no interest in this other person who is, like, creeping around, like, writing songs about you and how you should get together and you you have to try this. Like, I, I don't know. Like, something about the way that was phrased just really, like, turned me off when it got to that point. I was like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, a little creepy. Um, I, don't, I don't like that. I'm reassessing all of our love songs now, Chuppy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Creepy's um, part of the fun. <laughs> and I don't know. I considered, like, well, maybe that was, like, intentional but I was like no I think it was just straight ahead I mean I think it was supposed to be kind of like cute and romantic but to me like kind of stepping back and looking at that situation I felt like that was kind of a a creepy dynamic I had a few notes about the stress syllables as as well um, in the lyrics like resigned reseeding like um, a couple of those stresses felt like they fell in really odd places and you know I agree about it being a little bit like on the nose in terms of the way that things were being expressed overall but you know I did like kind of the general loungy kind of sound of the song um and the like really fake sounding horn part i i like that actually (laughs) cheesy fake horns i'm in yeah yeah (laughs) i don't know i don't think i'm gonna vote for it just because it kind of creeped me out but you know it kind of could have almost been there but i was it just lost me at that point Yeah. yeah the next song up is the dormouse choir i gave her my heartbeat in the moonlight and dreamt it was something she could feel Try me, try me, try me In this place where I lie by your side Try me, try me, try me In this place where the darkest shadows All right, I thought this was minimal G&G that very dependently leans on the soulful but maybe affected vocal performance. The charisma of the vocal performance kind of makes up for the occasional pitchiness and the way that uh, too many extra syllables are awkwardly crammed into some of those lines. It's not as awkward because of the great delivery, but this song doesn't really have anything for me. I found the song itself a little stressful. There's a lack of resolution, and there's that kind of crooning that teeters towards whining, and it didn't really appeal to me. 
Well, I thought this was immeasurably improved by having the guitar in the mix. Um, the last song that they submitted was just a cappella, and um, it was kind of really hard to make out like what the idea of the song was. So I really appreciated having the G&G um, arrangement at the very least, although it was also like super quiet and hard to hear. And I did agree that you know like the vocals were pretty pitchy at places. Um, I liked the kind of charisma and delivery though, but it did make it kind of hard sometimes to tell like where the song was actually aimed, you know, like the melody um, in, yeah. in certain parts of this. I thought it had some wonderful and like, you know, mysterious poetic lyrics. And like, I really liked the, uh, the line, when she replied, the ceiling split open, the stars were one harmonized voice, which I think is just, you know, it's a beautiful line. Like, I don't know what the song is about or like, you know, what is actually happening, but um, I don't think I'm supposed to. And I really like kind of the imagery that they paint. You know, because I think if you're going to just have guitar and vocals, like, you really have to have strong lyrics, and I think this song has great lyrics. I haven't really made up my mind if I am going to vote for this one or not, just because musically it didn't really strike me at all, but I like the lyrics a lot. Nice. I appreciated that there were some dynamics in the playing and singing. Like, they very intentionally got loud and very intentionally got quiet in places, and that's sort of... Sometimes that's hard to lose sight of when you're performing, so... I think that's kind of an advanced thing that some people do, so I appreciated that. There were some clunker notes in the chorus that were kind of a drag, but overall I was swayed by the imagery and the lyrics. Like, I wrote down some lyrics. I, I thought I was commanded to slay the gray mare kind of jumped out at me when I first heard it. I'm not sure exactly what that means, and I'm not sure if you're supposed to, but definitely some interesting lyrics in there, which I liked, and along with that kind of delivery made it seem sort of Dylan-esque, maybe superficially, but it was cool. I didn't hate it, but I also, at the same time, I didn't really understand what their take on the title was. It was just kind of this whooshing sound as the lyrics went over my head, but interesting. Yeah. Now, we haven't really brought it up until now, but since it's going to appear, at least on the next song, we may as well mention that there was an optional challenge in this one, which was ASMR. And these first three songs arguably didn't really incorporate that. I guess arguably because you could probably say that Berkeley social scene maybe th at least think that they might have. It kind of depends. If they did, they might have layered it so that the ASMR effect, you know, they might argue that it's in the verse and that uh, just the processing or something like that incorporated it well enough to the song that it's not distractingly ASMR. Right. I'm sure that's but, the argument that their lawyers are going to make on the boards. Yeah. Although, <laughs> although on the other hand, they have in the past just completely ignored the optional challenge despite having the, <laughs> having the fight master in the band. So <laughs> it's all there in the word <laughs> optional. Yeah. 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 But still, you know, so, uh, so these first three songs, I feel pretty comfortable saying either didn't meet the optional challenge or didn't meet it adequately. So, uh, it's going to come up in other songs, but I think, um, if you use that at all as any sort of criteria, then it should be, you know, noted that they didn't do that. All right. So all I had right. a party last night. I was, I was, um, talking to a friend um, who came over for this party and he was talking about how he likes to listen to ASMR videos to go to sleep. And he said, there's this whole subgenre of ASMR where it's just people like insulting you and being mean to you. And that's like an entire like subgenre. Have you heard of this? No. I don't really, I like, I didn't really like research this or like get into this aside from like watching one or two videos of like people scratching their head or, you know, brushing the hair or something. But I was kind of fascinated by that. <laughs> I, it's like I, people say it's not like a kink thing, but also it sounds 
Yeah. Oh, it absolutely it's has like to we're be. Gonna... <laughs> There's no way that's not a kink thing. <laughs> yeah, it's not a kink thing. It's just somebody uh, insulting me in ASMR and dressing up like my mom. That's how is that kink? <laughs> totally natural. Yeah, yeah. It's platonic. It's... I mean, <laughs> it helps me go to sleep. <laughs> exactly. How could that be kinky? <laughs> yeah. When I'm in bed and think, yeah, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll say it. I think that ASMR can easily ruin any of these songs and in some case does. I don't like ASMR because a lot of it kind of sounds like these mouth sounds, these smacks and these ticks and these. All the you know, stuff I, like... I strive to edit out. Yeah, and one of my big pet peeves is people chewing with their mouth open, and if I can hear that, then I just, <laughs> I, I want to leave. I want to to go. It's yeah, that's a that's a deal breaker for me. So yeah, yeah, it's a, it's something that's. A, I realize it's a pet peeve, and I shouldn't have such a strong reaction to it, but somehow I do. And ASMR just fits so well into that, and I'm like, I just can't stand it. It's like fingernails on a chalkboard. Just I hate it. Good to know. I brought my bowl of oatmeal here to just like eat it into the microphone and be, you know, <laughs> be gumming it through talking. the rest of yeah. this. Yeah. I've got this ramen here and I'm so yeah. hungry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to Evil Grin. I thought, you know, it's a, a great voice. Yeah. You know, the vocal uh, you know, quality is just, just excellent for the lead. I like the nice kind of understated use of the organ. And I thought the synth sound was a bit of an odd choice. But, you know, that gasping in the background is unnecessary and distracting. And, you know, I'm sure that's supposed to be the ASMR, but it kind of sounds more like he forgot to pause Pornhub during the solo. You know? <laughs> I, I wanted to enjoy this song, but it kind of fails to keep my attention very well, uh, except for that vocal performance, which is, you know, really, really nice. I would have liked some more backing vocals, but yeah, the the vocal performance is excellent. Yeah, Amanda's a great singer. I love her voice, but I don't think I've ever listened to a song and be like, oh yeah, like sex noises were definitely the right choice for this production. <laughs> it's like, you know what this could use? Just like more moaning right there. I mean, like even songs that are like, sexy songs like i feel like it's gross I don't, I don't, yeah I don't really there was no moaning in despacito was there yeah and i think in that case less is definitely more like there was some slight heavy breathing sounds and i i had remembered that i'd followed some of this controversy on the boards and i was like ah oh, this is not so bad i don't see what 
Oh. Uh, oh, it's <laughs> oh. No, stop that. <laughs> Just like after some slight heavy breathing that would have totally gotten the point across and it would have been fine and we wouldn't be talking about it. But that's one of those things you can just go too far on really easily. Yeah. Uh, aside from that, it was good. Also, if you ever find yourself thinking, hey, should I pan the lead vocals to the left in the pre-chorus? No. No, lead vocals should always be centered. I didn't hate that. I heard it and I was like, oh, that's different. But I didn't hate it. Okay. I'd hate it if you did it. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> understated piano needs to be louder. So that was another one of my notes. This this piano, I can barely hear it, or this organ. I know Ryan liked it, but I think it should be louder. I wrote down a uh, keyboard at 215 is painfully loud. <laughs> I assume it's not the, key- the same keyboard, though. A different keyboard. Um, yeah, I noticed that, too. It yeah. was, like, quiet and then too loud. Yeah. And I also made a note about the auto-tune in the chorus on that first Try Me, which really bothered me. It's like, I feel like Amanda has a really great voice, but like I I just personally don't like the sound of auto-tune, and it seemed super obvious and not like intentional as an effect there. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know for sure if that was like supposed to be like that, but ooh, it really rubbed me the wrong way in that spot. I liked the sound of the lead guitar a lot. It kind of reminded me of the Twin Peaks theme song in, in the intro, like, weirdly. That's not really where, like, it ended up going. I liked the kind of, like, storyline of the song. But, yeah, I just felt like adding the sex noises, like, just made it go way over the top of, like, oh, like, it went from kind of being this straight-ahead love story where you can, like, fill in the gaps yourself to being like, oh, like, no, all the all the gaps are totally filled, <laughs> so to speak. It sounds kind of gross now, but, like, you With know, you. It just, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think take out the sex noise that I would like the song a lot, you know, maybe turn down that keyboard. But uh, I like the ending actually a lot, like how it kind of calls back to the uh, beginning verse and then it ends with kind of that little breath noise, you know, which could have been also sort of intended to tie into that ASMR thing. But, um, you know, it sounded sounded kind of cool, I thought. But yeah, I would have liked some more harmonies and backing vocals as well, like especially in the chorus. Yeah, I, I'm always big on backing vocals, and here, you know, she she carried this one really well because she's got a great voice. But I always think that you know that can that can improve pretty much any song. It can just draw you into it a bit better. Mm-hmm. All right, who wants to take a crack at this next pronunciation? I think Not it's it. Gizzo, right? <laughs> Gizzo or Gizzo? Gizzo. Gizzo, uh, no. Gizzo, <laughs> <laughs> shut that down. <laughs> Yeah, Chizo versus yeah no right it. no isn't uh, the isn't it a long I sound where there's only one Z, Gizo, yeah I hmm I would want to say Gizo like pizza, okay yeah but but not Gizo because there's not two Z's <laughs> yeah all right Hot Pink Halo is next no okay. <laughs> <laughs> no okay so let let's listen to it uh, Gizo I'm I'm making a decision here Gizo versus the 17455 
first thing I thought when I heard the lead vocals come in, I'm like, oh my god, were these recorded on an iPhone? They sound like they're in a different sort of boxier acoustic space than the rest of the song, which I noticed less as it went on, but it was initially like, oh, these these things don't match. Like, everything sounds pretty good and pretty clean, and then the vocals are all just, like, boxy and strange sounding. So it was off-putting as a first impression, but I got over that pretty quick. Uh, especially when the Mellotron came in, because, you know, if you have a Mellotron flute, that's always a cool sound for me. I like that 60s Beatles sort of vibe you get from that. And uh, my favorite part of the song is the So So Sick of You refrain, which just seems to hit me just right every time it comes in. It's also got that cool noise buildup at the end, and when it drops out and it's gone, it's really noticeable, and you're kind of left with this pretty sort of um, less noisy part of the song at the end, which is nice. This is a, a nicely creative song that I feel like would really grow on me with more listens, so this is a tentative vote for me. I feel like we listened to different songs for this one. That noise drone was kind of all that I got out of this one. I thought the repeated riff grates after a while, and the second verse is unlistenable, unbearable. Though I can't help but wonder if, you know, after repeat listens, I might like get it, you know, like it might click in like listening to Jesus and Mary Chain for the first time in the 1980s, you know, where it's just kind of like this is noise and unbearable. But then after a couple of listens, you're way, way into it. But unfortunately, we'll never know because uh, I'm not going to sit through this song, uh, you know, enough times to to indoctrinate myself to it. Because was I thought that was just the sound kinda... that you hated, or um, yeah, something else about him. Okay. No, no, really, it was it was it. I mean, otherwise, I'm I'm sure it's a fine song, but it's it's like that was the the one kind of a big thing that that stuck out and was most prominent in the song for me anyway. So uh, it just uh, overwhelmed everything else. That's so funny. I think we did listen to different songs. <laughs> <laughs> um, this was actually my favorite song of the fight, and I loved wow. the drone sound. I was like, oh my god, that's so cool. Like, when that came in, I love that. I love that sound. And I didn't like the um, Mellotron stuff, actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we all three of us listened to that. Totally <laughs> we different all opinions. listened to completely different songs. But um, yeah, like, I... I mean, I like Mellotron, you know, I like Mellotron flutes, but like, it just didn't feel like part of the same kind of song. Like, the rest of it had this kind of, like, slackery kind of you know guitar rock indie kind of sound to it and then i felt like the the flutes were kind of from a different genre or something it didn't really feel like it fit together um just in terms of the sonic palette for me and i i did agree about the the vocal like i felt like it didn't really belong in this song like it felt a lot more processed and kind of boxy than everything else but i didn't really mind you know i just really liked kind of the the overall feel like i liked that riff the instrumental and kind of the back and forth um vocals that come in at the end i didn't really like the lyrics particularly i wasn't really sure if this was you know about like climate change or something i couldn't really tell like they, they seem kind of vague but to me it didn't matter because it was sort of about like the sound and overall feel of the song and the lyrics weren't like they didn't jump out at me like sometimes i'll be listening to something and it's clear like the music is kind of more the focus but you know but then there's some really clunky sounding lyric and then it really like jumps out at me and like bothers me but like I didn't necessarily notice, you know, any particular like great phrases or anything, but it like kind of stayed out of the way, you know, like everything sounded like properly kind of accented and, and sung and everything to me. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I just really like this one a lot. Cool. Cool. Yeah. All right. Next up, we've got Hot Pink Halo.
Who doesn't love typewriter percussion? <laughs> there's plenty of times when I don't, but here I did love it. I know that there's been times in the past when people have used it to bad effect, like it's distracting and uh, too Yeah, Zoe Gray did it in spin like tunes pretty well. Yeah, no, yeah, that was great too. It can be done very wrong and very distracting and very sharp and and mixed wrong, but here it was used very well as a per- percussion sort of a deal. So I, yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah, same. I liked it. I thought they could have let up on the typewriter just a little bit because after a while it got sort of, well, I don't know. It just felt sort of relentless going all the way through the song. It might have been nice to have a break from it, just to have some variation. Um, I would have also liked to just have heard more shape to the vocal melody, which I thought was kind of samey throughout. Although there was some really lovely vocal layering going on in the song that I think sounded really pretty. I'm glad that she used the bell in the typewriter. I thought that was used to good effect. And I thought that was you know, probably my favorite part of the percussion. But yeah, fun song. I liked it. I'll probably vote for it just because I liked it. Yeah, I mean, I just really like the kind of like high concept all in, you know, I'm yep. going to write the song about carrots and also make my <laughs> sax mouthpiece out of a carrot or I'm going to make the song about a typewriter and then also like use a bunch of typewriter noises. Like, I don't know, I, I kind of like that kind of thing. Yep. So, you know, it just felt like kind of, you know, not like a throwaway, right? Like it's sort of like something that is ambitious and thought out. And, you know, she's kind of carefully considering all these different parts put into the arrangement, which I think is cool. Like, I think execution wise, like there's, you know, a few things about the like, I kind of like the concept of the arrangement more than the ex- execution all the way through, necessarily. Like, I feel like the rhythm feels kind of messy, and it kind of plods a bit. Like, there's this kind of, like, strum every single quarter note, like, you know, thing on the guitar that, like, I don't know, it just didn't feel like it carried the song along super well to me. And, you know, I think the layers, the vocal layers, I like that, you know, she's adding them, but I also feel like they're not super tight, which I would have liked to have heard, you know, just more sort of tightly recorded and kind of clearly defined melodies there, I guess, yeah. with the with the different harmonies and, and different layers, because it sounds messy really fast if they're not kind of all lined up and, um, you know, kind of carefully uh, timed and everything. Or carefully edited, optionally. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought uh, that the chord progression on this one was uh, was a bit too simple and too repetitive, but I can't help but love this song. You know, the, the vocals are charming. It has this kind of 50s Motown girl group sort of vibe, a little more rigid than that. You know, it's lacking some of the soul of the 50s Motown, but you can kind of still hear it yeah, in there. I heard that and too. Yeah, yeah. I just like this song and I'm I'm definitely voting for it. This is one of the ones that I just kept on going back for repeat listens on just for enjoyment. I, I'm not sure how to inject more soul into a song, but just a little bit more of that. And I think this would just be uh, a lot better, but I still think it's one of the best of the fight. It's definitely the first in this list that we've been going through that I voted for. So, or that I'm going to vote for. So very happy with it. All right, let's move on to James Owens. Why? Why does the inspiration for song fight never arrive until the last day at midnight? Why, when I have a song and I'm able? Why? Why is the studio full of bad cable? Meta, 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 meta. Why do yeah. the instruments? Sometimes I don't, I don't, I don't mind meta. 
Yeah, I don't mind meta at all. You know, we lean on that a little bit from time to time. <laughs> More than and I, I like meta. Yeah, well, I like meta when it's done well and when it brings something, you know, to the table. This song, though, that's pretty much it. I mean, he may as well have written it down and submitted it in text. You know, <laughs> it's spoken word meta. That's even harder. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with the music to it, but that's pretty much it. I mean, it's like, here's a thing. Here's a poem about song fight. And I would prefer the melody. apologies to Dr. Seuss. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing to hum along with here. There's nothing to bop out to. And so, I mean, there's, there's kind of no reason for this to be a song. Uh, this is for the song fight folks on the boards. And uh, and that's not invalid or anything. It's, it's kind of know your audience. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it calls uh, back to the last time I was on this podcast, right? It does, was... it does. I couldn't help but <laughs> notice that. Why does my new song sound like a classic? Which is funny because the piano part that's playing while he speaks that line is like a ripoff of the Morris Albert song from the 70s uh, feelings. Like if you go back and listen to it, it's, it's like note for note feelings. <laughs> Okay, let's harp on that. <laughs> let's make it. Mission. But you know, it's, it's even I more meta that like way, right? Cars. I mean. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I don't I'm, know. I mean, I thought it was. You know, it sounded really lovely. I mean, like I thought it was one of the best sounding entries. Like the piano sounded yeah. really nice. The vocal sounded really good and warm. You know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just didn't have a lot of like just lasting value beyond being like, oh, hey, somebody's making a joke about something that I said. You know about their song in the past but like i i don't know like it just i have a hard time getting a lot of lasting value out of anything that's like a meta song about song fight you know like maybe a little bit you know, a little nod or something would be nice but i feel like having the entire song kind of be that um feels like a bit much to me yeah i don't hate or resent this song but you know there wasn't any real payoff i thought there's nothing that's gonna make me want to hear this song ever again you know so yeah i got the rick Ocasek line fine you know, maybe if I were in a better mood, I'd LOL, but I didn't. And that fake oboe was not necessary. I'd probably also complain if it was just, you know, G and P. But yeah, I thought that oboe was a little, eh, little cheesy. It's like if, if I tried to pass that oboe past you, Chumpy, you would say, oh, no. <laughs> You'd say, oboe? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. That oboe will not yeah, stand. Yeah, it was kind of yeah. cheesy. Um, <laughs> You're like, we're gonna we're gonna spend four hundred dollars on a better fake oboe. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of makes me sound dumb, but it does sound like something I would do. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 you're a perfectionist, sort of. Uh, I mean, it's in, cheaper it's than a real oboe and like oboe lessons, <laughs> or hiring an oboe player for a session. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could probably get an oboe player on Fiverr, <laughs> like a real oboe for pretty cheap. Yeah, those 20 listeners are really going to appreciate it. <laughs> um, there's a lot of discussion on the boards about the lyrics to this song. I don't know if you guys have been following that. Yeah, Fluffy was so angry about it, she moved them to another thread. <laughs> there were like three other threads, actually. Well, I think like she moved them to another thread, and I like started another thread somewhere else. and I don't know, it was like a mess, but... To be honest, I haven't gone back and like <laughs> listened to whatever these very specific criticisms were that other James Jim of Seattle was talking about. Right, right. With the song, 
I didn't notice anything when I was listening to this that kind of jumped out at me as like, oh, that's, you know, that seems weirdly phrased or that seems like too many syllables. Like, I think if I'm reading through the lyrics and just kind of um, reading them in my head, you know, there's a few places like the guitar strap line, I think, um, sounded kind of like there are too many words in there or like the stresses were in the wrong places. But I didn't notice it when I was listening to the song. So I don't think that really matters, you know, in, in my opinion. But, you know, I think it doesn't really matter that much because I think I'm probably, you know, like just the other things that we talked about, you know, that I I don't really get enough out of the song to feel like I'm probably going to vote for this one. Yeah. Because, you know, it's just kind yeah. of a meta joke and then it's gone. It might not stop me from going on the boards and completely misunderstanding both of their points in that argument and coming in with my own just to troll them. So I'll think about that. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Started with red though. <laughs> <laughs> Or, you know, just go back to the original thread. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thread kit is important. I think that's going to be an investment in time, though, right? If it's if it got split up into three threads, then that's eight. a bunch of people talking about different issues, semi-related to, I don't know. Right. I'm and just, probably in yeah. aggregate, it's more time than that was spent, you know, composing and recording and performing oh, the song. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to Jim Tyrell. Or, or wait, I'm, I'm pronouncing that one wrong too, aren't I? Is it Tyrell? I think that Micah told us it's Terrell or something like that. Right. I'm Micah. Alright. Sure. Fixies all that. So, uh, next up is Jim T. <laughs> when we're together, I am distant. And when I'm alone, I think of you. When you tell me your secrets, I don't listen There's so many things I wish I knew I'm not a stupid guy I'm just troubled by a wandering mind Now and then You probably think that I don't... I think I've liked every one of Jim T's songs. <laughs> and this one is really no different. He's got that great singer-songwriter thing going on that... I really respond well to. The production's really nice on the song. Everything just sounds really clear and balanced. I really like his acoustic guitar sound, which is really great. At the end, he's got these really faint, sort of trimey, trimey backing vocals sort of during the guitar solo, which is also lovely. Just the whole thing is really nice from start to finish, so that's an easy vote for me. I was just like, yeah, this is great. I'm a fan. Yeah, this was one of my other favorites from the fight. I thought it was really kind of sweet and wistful and nice, and I thought it had probably the best Try Me hook so far um, of the songs we've gone through. I personally didn't really love the um, kind of instrumentation and production because it, I don't know, like it just felt a little bit cheesy um, to me, like some of the, the choices of the the strings and the synth stuff. Um, a little schmaltzy, maybe. And like that, yeah, yeah, like the kind of reverby like lead guitar tone. But, you know, I mean, it kind of hits this, like, 70s folk kind of, you know, sing singer-songwriter, like, sweet spot, I guess. You know, like, that's kind of what that genre and, like, era kind of sound like. So it doesn't bug me, per se. Like, it's just not kind of my favorite way for something to sound like, you know. But, yeah, I just thought it was a really nice, you know, nicely composed and lovely song. Yeah. Good writing. I'm going to sour this train by... Uh... <laughs> by saying I'm, I'm not going to vote for this one which is you know not a big deal but uh, for me this is that earnest bare naked ladies song that you did not buy the album for you know it's it's produced well it's written well 
it's good, it's reliable, it's there, it's put together extremely well, and uh, it sounds fantastic, but it's too mild and uneventful for my tastes. And that might be unfair to say, and it might be reductive, but you know, we're kind of giving our unvarnished opinions here. I wasn't fond of the Gizo versus the 17,455, but you know, that at least is is very memorable to me because it had that different sort of thing that he did that I still found unpleasant but here it's just kind of like you know it's a it's a pretty milk toast song that comes and goes and sounds radio ready and if it were on the radio yeah, I would just gloss it over you know what I mean so yeah perfectly fine song perfectly good song if i'm comparing it to a very well produced album ready song from bare naked ladies then that should be taken as a compliment but also i don't i don't want to hear it yeah that's fair i mean i think it's uh it's not going anywhere super adventurous you know it's not it's not necessarily something that's going to stick in your head for that reason so i can see yeah. that yeah it's not it's not bad i'm just like eh, i'm just not interested so yeah all right next up we've got lichen fruit I thought this one, it comes out of the gate strong, but the layered vocals don't work so well on the verses. Like, I think maybe he should have saved that for the chorus. It's this aggressive experiment, I think, that he's doing. And uh, I want to encourage him to continue to do aggressive experiments. Right here, though, it, it just kind of hits you, you know, really hard, really early. It's this unique sound and... You know, I, I, I just can't help but think that he wasn't successful in whatever sound he was going for. Like, I think whatever he was going for was probably not this. It may have been like a harmonized backing vocal, which this doesn't quite hit. I'm not entirely sure. But I did go back for extra repeat listens, though, for the lyrics, which are very interesting. I'm not entirely sure that I understand, you know, what they are. First, I heard it. And then I went back and heard it again. And then I went and I brought up the lyrics and I went back and listened to it again, reading through the lyrics as I went. And I, it's whatever it is, it's captivating that way. But just sound wise, I think that he was probably going for something that he didn't quite hit. Yeah. Do you have theories about what the lyrics are about? I want to say no. <laughs> I like, like I, I, I don't want to like get myself into something that I can't support. So I, I just think that they're they're very interesting. They're obviously about class, and if you told me, oh, it's very specifically about Dickens, then uh, then I'd be okay, fine. But it also seems like you know, salting the earth uh, so that nothing can grow there. I mean, that's not the actual words, but it's sort of yeah. the, the phrase that I think about when I think about the first verse and then something a little bit more. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to get into it too much. I just like it. I like the lyrics a whole lot, but the song as a whole, I don't think it came together quite well for me. I think that MIDI volume can go between 0 and 127. 
And I think that all of the MIDI volume was at 127 all the time for the backing MIDI track. And I just kept thinking while I was listening to this, please give me some dynamics. It's like, <laughs> this doesn't all have to be just this pounding, pounding song. So I got that aggressiveness, which I think you get from the vocal doubling. And the thing that makes vocal doubling cool is that it's kind of surprising when it happens. And like, if it's all vocal doubled all the way through... You, you kind of lose something. It's like, this is like the extra, this is like the icing on the cake, you know? And if your whole cake is made out of icing, that's kind of gross. So, and I think that, you know, it's kind Speak of cool that he can... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess some icing could be nice. But, you know, he has a very high part and a very low part. And it's I think it's impressive that his voice can do that. But yeah, it's not really harmonic per se, because I don't think that there's any rhyme or reason to the sort of the notes. They all kind of follow along. I don't know. If it was intended to be a specific melody, I wasn't getting it. And so it, I think that the high and low parts also turned his lyrics into mush a little bit and made it harder to really get them, which is some of the best part of the song. So, yeah, I would just advise, like, think more about dynamics. Like, you know, modify that 127, just mess around with it a little bit, see if you can get some different different volumes out of the MIDI instruments, and think about dynamics and, you know, use the icing along the edges. Yeah, I mean, I made the same note about the kind of, oh, everything is just all the same volume, like, especially during the chorus, kind of like all eight notes, all the exact same velocity. And I think it would be nice to have that, you know, change a bit. I really liked, actually, the instrumental in the start of the song. Like, I thought that keyboard loop was kind of weird and, like, kind of math rock sounding. And I, I know I was just complaining about, like, prog rock earlier. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I, I liked that that intro. But, I mean, the vocals were rough. And, you know, it, like you said, it kind of distracts from hearing the lyrics very well, which I think were really cool and interesting. And I kind of want to hear more about, like, what the, the song was intended to be about because I'm sure there's something very specific I was trying to, like, Google, like, oh, is this another, like, continuation of Bleak House? But I couldn't really find how that would, like, fit together. And then I was, like, looking up things like, oh, but the Brandy Alexander was invented in 1922, so it probably isn't something from Dickens. It's probably something post-1922 <laughs> and probably, like, way overthinking it. But I was like, oh, maybe the song is about Trump? Like, <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out, like, what, you know, what these lyrics are about. So if he does weigh in, I'm very interested to hear, you know, kind of the, the thought process and how we should be interpreting these lyrics because that's one of the great things about song fight is that you can go in and say like, I didn't get what the song was about. And then somebody can come in and tell you all about every little nuance in their lyrics. And I think that's great. Cool. All right. Next up, we've got lollipops and the sour strap. Try me, try me, I'm not 
And I think this is a case where, you know, we could probably spend a lot of time talking about recording vocals because you hear some really classic sort of vocal recording mistakes in here. Like they're recorded really hot. There's a lot of breath noise and mouth sounds, which may be appropriate for AMSR, but oh my God, it's hard for me to hear. I spend a lot of time trying to eliminate that stuff. The breath sounds are super sharp and there's a lot of pops and there's some mic rustling sounds, which are also pretty loud. That was bugging me too, until I realized I'm almost certain that's completely intentional for the ASMR challenge. Yeah. And and it's like, I hate to punish people for acing the challenge. <laughs> but they uh, ruined acing the, the song optional with it. challenge. But it did, it was distracting and wrong. <laughs> but I mean, it's, I, I'm certain it's because of the challenge. So it's sort of like, it, you know, looking at it through that lens is different than looking at it through just uh, an independent song sort of a lens. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny, like, with the with the vocals being as loud and, and as problematic as they are, they're mixed super loud in the mix. So it's like, yeah, we have these vocals that are a little rough, and you'd think normally that you'd back them off a little bit and bring up the backing band to try to compensate. But, nope, vocals are well, way out front. And I'm just like, well, I th- that's not I, a yeah. great decision. Well, but I think that she's doing that on purpose because... I mean, if you listen to it, like the thing that was throwing me off until I realized, oh, wait, uh, yeah, this is ASMR. The thing that was throwing me off was that I think that she is singing quietly and then just bringing up the the volume a lot. Yeah, you can hear the the power coursing through the gain circuit or something. Like you can almost hear a gain hum. That microphone is cranked so high. Yeah, in, in any other sort of, you know, with, without the optional challenge, you would be, like, really annoyed because you would know that they're not being loud because either they are uh, unconfident or they're worried about their neighbors or something like that. So instead of just belting out a try me or something, they are doing exactly that. They're going, try me, you know, so it's like it's all kind of quiet and they're trying to emulate this sort of a louder belting sound, but it's all just for the ASMR. So yeah. it's just that it doesn't work, and I'm blaming the optional challenge for all of these issues that you're talking about. <laughs> I'm comfortable with that. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't know if it was intentional or not. I mean, I kind of felt like it probably wasn't, just because I didn't get the impression that, you know. So this is for context, right? This is Gizo's 11-year-old daughter who recorded and mixed this all herself. So I thought, you know, it's possible that she just doesn't have a lot of experience with, you know, recording stuff and maybe didn't mean to do it. But you might be right. It might be like all intentional ASMR, super emphasizing those like breathing sounds and rustling sounds and so on. Um, Yeah, it seems like too much of a coincidence not (laughs) for me. You know, it's like just coincidentally the same. I mean, uh, actually, is this her first song? Do you know? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So it's I missed that whole context entirely. That's interesting. Yeah, so it oh, seems yeah, like, like she too brought much it of a to him yeah, and yeah. was like, here's a song. And he said that he had to like beg to hear the song before like putting it up. Um, because <laughs> oh, she was just like, I want to submit this song, Dad, and or whatever they call dads in Australia. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, this is a song that she just kind of like surprised him with, apparently, um, which oh, I cool. thought was great, you know. <laughs> um, and, you know, I sort of don't want to say anything bad about the song because I think that's like awesome. And I want to encourage her to keep on, you know, doing stuff. I think she's doing one for the next fight, too. Oh, nice. Because that's great, you know. 
there's a summer camp called a uh, girls rock camp. Um, I don't know if you guys kind of know about that, but you know, it's this, it's a summer camp that's just intended for like girls. And I think also like, um, you know, trans and non-binary kids as well, but basically uh, like kind of teaching them all the basics of songwriting or, you know, playing an instrument, they get together, they like write songs together and then like learn and practice an instrument and then like play the song together at the end of the month or however long the, the camp is. But, um, you know, I've, I've participated in a couple of fundraisers for that because I think it's really nice. Like, I think it's, you know, something that can feel very intimidating to somebody who's yeah. not a dude, you know, to kind of come into this world. And there's like a lot of things you're expected to know. And if you're starting to learn this stuff at age 11, like more power to you. Like I didn't start learning, writing my own music or like, you know, kind of doing anything in this world until I was like 30 years old. And I was like, what the fuck? I like wasted all these years. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, uh, I, I'm glad that she's doing it. I kind of don't want to like even say anything, but yeah, I mean, the vocals were really hot. Like I think it, it definitely could have benefited from, you know, a bit more practice of the vocal, like melody, like a bit more decision, you know, being firmly decided on what melody you're going for and then you know, standing back in the mic a little bit. But like uh-huh. I said, I just don't want to kind of get into nitpicking over it. Right, right. I'm going to continue to accuse you two of punishing her for acing the optional challenge. <laughs> um, but, but okay. So, but, you know, just uh, a little more objectively, you know, this is maybe a little sloppy, just sort of how the vocals fit into the structure of the song seemed like it was kind of getting away from it occasionally, but that didn't bug me. What did bug me, of course, is the ASMR aspect. Um, but also you kind of that Lindsay Buckingham guitar is so good that it, it's got to be fake, right? Um, yeah, is that I figured just it was kind of, um, yeah, like stuff out of GarageBand. Yeah, like um, a like a loop or, or yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. And I, I, I thought back... pretty good. Like there was dynamics and stuff, you know, she was like oh, yeah. dropping, you know, bringing things in and out of the arrangement, yeah, which I thought yeah. was, um, you know. It's yeah, kind of funny you have good, sliders, you want to play with them, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, but it sounded too good is, is my thing. I'm like, that's suspect. <laughs> and if I'm wrong and, and it's not a loop, then uh, wow, that's incredible. But uh, Studio but musician. I thought, and I thought also backing vocals could have helped this song a lot. I say that for any song that doesn't have backing vocals, but it's true. Yep. Uh, backing vocals I thought would have been better. All right. Next up, we've got The Magnetic Letters. I never I've ever said this song might have too much theremin <laughs> <laughs> but I think this song might have too much theremin like it started to get on my ears a little bit after a while <laughs> no way I love theremin <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I like the song I liked how sci-fi sounding it was the theremin definitely helps in that area I was glad when the tempo changed happened it kind of woke me up and I'm like well that's cool and then, like, you know, there was this line about getting drugged after somebody jams a needle in your neck, and then it goes all slow. And... 
I thought that was really cool. I thought it helped kind of move the story forward. This is a pretty creative song, and I gotta give the Magnetic Letters props for pulling off an interesting sci-fi story song and having the music kind of match what's happening in the song, which I thought was really cool. I appreciate the creativity, but I'm not sure I'm going to listen to this a bunch more times, but I thought it was interesting, and that's always a plus. Yeah, I thought it was really fun. My main complaint, I guess, about this was I felt like the lyrics weren't particularly, like, musical sounding. I mean, like, it just sort of felt like talking, you know, like you kind of wrote down the story and it was almost like improvisation or something like musical theater, kind of like, oh, I'm going to like fill in the narrative here. But I didn't like the way that the lyrics were crafted from that point of view. But I loved the story. And, you know, I think somebody on the boards had suggested, like, actually, maybe could have just started at the point when you're talking about the nicotine gum. You know, and kind of left out that whole like first flashback and it probably, you know, I think that probably could have worked as well. But, you know, it kept me interested and, you know, I went back a few times to kind of like listen to it and like read the lyrics along with it and figure out what's going on in the whole thing. And I was like, oh, you know, this is just very creative and very fun. And, you know, the music supports it really well. The music does a great job of supporting the narrative and having a lot of kind of dynamic shifts to keep you interested without feeling like it's a completely, you know, jumping into a completely different song. So I thought that was all very like well crafted, very well put together. I thought it was very well made. It was really engaging. You know, the words draw you into the story. I thought it was interesting and well-produced and maybe fun, but I didn't really get any payoff. You know, there's nothing really to bring me back for repeat listens. And that's kind of a key sort of a thing for Songfight, I think. It's like, what are you going to want to listen to again? And I, I thought there wasn't a really satisfying resolution to the song either and that's just i don't know maybe you know in my old age i'm not as excited about things that don't end the way that i want them to or end in a more interesting sort of a fashion like there's this old old song the night that the lights went out in georgia and i just remember just having nightmares about that song when i was a little kid and i, I still think to this day the ending to it is not something that i want to listen to as a song. I don't want to be entertained by that. And I think that kind of suffers from this here. So, you know, it doesn't have to be a happy ending, but it has to be a more interesting ending than this. So it's sort of a, maybe a Halloween song, maybe a nightmare song sort of a thing, but uh, I don't see any reason to go back and listen to it again. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like Halloween or, you know, kind of like a novelty song, like a Halloween Simpsons episode or something, but yeah. Um, a Twilight Zone, or maybe a Orwellian sort of a Twilight Zone-ish type deal. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought it was well written and I thought it was fun. Yeah, well produced, well mm-hmm. well done, well performed. I I just you know. Eh. Well, uh, let's move on to mandibles.
Okay, again, I find myself not rewarding a song for acing the optional challenge. <laughs> you know, uh, that first 50 seconds is difficult oh, for me to God. endure. But otherwise, you know, this is really impressive. Like, I'm not totally sold on the key changes, but I'm going to vote for it anyway because it's so damn impressive. Chumpy, it's like us voting for Temnir in Spin Tunes. You know, it might not be my bag. It might not be my thing. But you have to recognize the talent and the effort and the intricacy of something like this. And again, they aced the optional challenge. So, you know, in the beginning of this review, I did say that I you know, wasn't going to reward them for acing the optional challenge. But I am going to reward them for that. But I am still going to say that, holy cow, that first 50 seconds is painful. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of that either. Like, it's really hard to not draw the listener in right away and to just make them wait almost a minute before you get to something that's, you know, more of a payoff. And during that 50 seconds, there's a lot of, you know, pan stereo whispering. It's not my, really my bag, but there's this clicking and popping sound in my right ear that's really bugging me, and I'm trying to figure out what it is. Is it a finger snap? Is it a zero crossing? What is it? Why is it still there? <laughs> it just, yeah, it just made me on edge listening to it. And eventually some prettier singing kicks in and it gets a little bit more interesting, but it doesn't really open up till like almost two minutes in before it gets more energetic and I can sort of get into it. And it's like a minute 46, I think, is when it really starts to kick in. And by that point, I've tuned out, I'm negative. You've got to hook me with something before a minute 46. I mean, I appreciate the craft that went into it. There's definitely some pretty singing and some, you know, just some excellent technique, but you just can't go a minute 46 before giving the listener something that they can hook into. Or maybe you can. Maybe you just, it's not a pop <laughs> song, clearly, but yeah, it just needs to get going faster. Yeah, I don't know. For me, this was also one of those songs that I kind of admired but didn't necessarily really like <laughs> listening to, you know, I felt like it was very like skillfully performed and, you know, put together and, you know, they absolutely did the best, I think, out of all these songs for the optional challenge. All those noises are clearly ASMR, you know, type sounds, or at least YouTube ASMR sounds and, you know, incorporated in this kind of thought out, you know, musical way, but like it, I don't know, it just made me feel kind of uncomfortable <laughs> listening to it. Um, and, you know, Cybronica's voice is great, but also, like, doesn't feel like it fits at all with kind of the rest of the concept of the song. You know, it's like you come in with this big operatic vocal over, like, somebody, like, whispering in your ear, and, like, it just feels kind of jarring to me. Like, I kind of like that Alice Alice hook, like, that whispered part. I don't know if that was one of the parts that you guys <laughs> just hated because it was, you know, too too mouth-soundy, but um, I kind of like that that whispered part. But a lot of, you know all these kind of layers of, of things kind of happening with that really close up sound. Just, I don't know. It made me, it made me feel kind of uncomfortable listening to it. Like not, not super pleasant, but I did think that it was, you know, kind of well produced, I guess, for, you know, what it was going for. Like it, they, they knew what they were going for and they achieved that, I think. And, Oh, I forgot to play it for my cat. Like people were talking about like whether <laughs> it made their cats <laughs> like happy or uncomfortable. And I forgot to play that for my cat. So um, I'll have to try that later. All right, so the next band is Miscellaneous Jerk.
expect such bad results You look so happy now Just wait Till I make My big mistakes And this contentment breaks If you think I can't fuck this up Then just try me Operandi. You think I won't let bliss slip by me If you think I can't fuck this up Then just try me I hear this is a collaboration piece Yeah <laughs> Shall we gaze into our collective navels on this one? <laughs> Who's gonna start? You were right, Ryan. It, it definitely needs to be faster. Well, I think we just got cornered into making it this slow by chance, I think, yeah. and then we ran yeah. out of time. Do cause... we want to kind of talk about the the process of how we ended up at this <laughs> ninety eight <laughs> blisteringly fast uh, BPM? Oh, jeez. I, I guess so. I guess so. Let's. Let, I'll, I'll see if I can map it out. So. We started out, I wrote lyrics, but then I didn't get around to saying kind of like my vision for the song before Owl had sort of put a, a, a melody and a chord progression to it. And so then we decided that we were going to go with her melody and chord progression to the lyrics. She also improved the lyrics drastically uh, with a couple of tweaks here and there and then her own bridge lyrics. But then, uh, and then you added the chords and melody for the bridge to yes. the lyrics that I sent over. Yes. But the thing was, it's like I was basing the recording of the song on her pitch for it, which was just a guitar and voice sort of a pitch. And so it started with that. And then I was trying to match the same tempo that she had it on. And to get it up there, I kept on bringing the tempo up and up and up and up because it was maybe around 100, 110, 120 in, in her version of it. But I start out by thinking that everything has to be around 140 or 160 or something like that. So to match that, I just got it up to around like 196 and decided that is way too fast. I mean, all of our uh, fake drummers are going to sound you know just like speed dumb. metal yeah well it, but any any like little fill and everything is just going to sound way 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 too unrealistically fast so i i said okay so we're not going to go any higher than 196 and then mike had the great idea of dropping it down to exactly half speed but by then we'd already recorded all of the guitars and everything like that and so it was kind of so we were just stuck with it that that is not a very interesting story <laughs> I'm tempted to go back and cut this whole thing, but anyhow. So yeah, that, that's kind of how that's kind of how it came together. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, don't cut it. I mean, I just you know, I feel like it helps give some context to you know why we made it this slow. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want people to think like, oh, they just feel like all songs should be this slow. I mean, I think it would have been improved a lot if we had <laughs> right. and, uh, made it faster. And like, I didn't want to post anything in the reviews thread yet because I knew that we were going to be. Um, chatting about this stuff and I didn't want to like go in there and you know 
say a bunch of stuff, but, you know, a few people have commented so far, like, yeah, it kind of plods. And it's like, oh, God. God, <laughs> like, plotting is my say, word like, for your songs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, like, I think that if we had had some more time to work on this, or, you know, kind of, like, tear it down and, like, build it back up, it would have been better than uh, what we ended up coming up with. But we kind of ran out of time and went with what we had, you know, at the end of it. Do you think that's a fair assessment? Yeah. Yeah, I spent a lot of this week just kind of staring at this project in the logic file going like, what the hell are we going to do with this sort of a thing? Because the whole time I had in my head, you know, my own melody and my own chord progression for it, which was very, very, very jerkatorium and 0% owl. And, and so it was the right thing to do to take your approach to it instead. But in the meantime, I was going like, this is an alien language that I'm dealing with and I don't know what to do with it. And so like I spent I spent a long time just kind of like staring at this and going like I I'm going to take a break and come back to it. Maybe it'll come clearer to me later. And fortunately, though, when we added the little ticky guitars and the the echo kind of effects and stuff like that, I think I'm happy with how it turned out. I think it uh, turned out much different than a typical jerkatorium song. And I mean that in the best way possible. Yeah, I also don't trust us to have reasonable ideas or reasonable notions on tempo. Like, everything we do starts out at at least 140 BPM, and we consider that kind of slow. Like, 160 to 190 is kind of where we like it. And I remember we did a song that was, like, maybe 130 or something, and Paco, his quote on the boards was, I don't understand, where's the manic BPM attack? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yeah jerkatorium songs have a lot of mania to them so i was just so sometimes i think i just don't know my feelings on tempo i just can't trust so i thought you know what 86 or so that's like a normal tempo right i don't know i wanted to hear the version with the with the double time drums but i don't think you guys ever sent that over <laughs> it's the the problem is that, that it sounds unrealistic that's that's the problem with the double time drums it's like because the fake drummer puts in these these little fills even if they're just little fills or something like they that sound like a machine gun yeah it sounds <laughs> it's it's very very unrealistic and you're like oh okay so they they sped that up it just sounds distractingly bad Mm-hmm. And so when when we were getting up to 196 or something like that, I, I said we got we got to stop this train at some point or another, otherwise we're not going to be able to use any of these drummers. So yeah, yeah. Oh, and um, one of the other process things that you didn't talk about was that we kind of did everything up until like the second to last day or something <laughs> with one drum beat, and then we're like. Oh, it feels so slow. We should try like changing the drum beat and like making it busier, and then so you spend all this work like making a new drum beat. But also that meant that, you know, everything else was recorded to the original drum beat and and then we changed it last minute um, to make it somewhat busier. So I think we do hear kind of some of the artifacts of that in in some of the instruments and and vocals where it sounds, you know, like maybe not noticeable to other people. Maybe maybe it is. I don't know. But listening back to it, I was like, oh, I can tell I was recording these vocals to a slightly different drum beat than what actually ended up in the song, which, you know, is kind of annoying. But yeah, um, not great. Thinking back on it, this this is this is our apology podcast for this is this is where we get to to say everything that we would have done different, which is probably not the best sort of approach for this. But everybody's going to skip over this and just listen to their own bit anyway, so it's fine. You know, one thing I was particularly happy with, I really liked the section where Owl and Ryan are trading off solo bits with the organ and the guitar. Thought that was really cool. It was reminiscent of what Ryan and Micah did in a couple of our collabs. So. 
I, yeah. I was glad we were able to bring that back. Yeah, but completely manufactured. <laughs> they were they were completely separate, completely, you know, we, we'd each done an entire solo and then Mike at some point split them up and said, hey, how about if we trade off instead like this and we'll just <laughs> chop Ryan's in half and chop Owl's in half and we'll yeah, put and them they'll together. come together we'll, at the end. It will be glorious. Exactly. Yeah. It worked out fine. Worked yeah, I really out liked how that part came out. Yeah, it, it was better than having, I think, either of our solos. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and and the bridge harmony also um, still kind of bothers me. I don't. <laughs> you guys I don't went even know back why. and forth on that. Yeah, I don't even know why. But you know, like we were talking about, basically, I'd written some lyrics, and Ryan wrote this melody and and chord progression for the bridge, and for some reason, like I couldn't quite get it right in my head, um, like how that was supposed to go. Or did you just write the chord progression and not the melody? I can't remember now, but. I um, I did both and sort of put it forth as a pitch and you improved the melody by changing it a bit, which was a great take on it. But it still ends on uh, E minor switching to a C and all of the notes there are right. So yeah, all the notes there are right, which is what is driving me crazy because I'm listening to it and like every time I hear it, I'm like, something's wrong. But like yeah. then I think about the actual notes that are there and it's like everything's correct. I don't understand. So I don't know. For some reason, I just... I like something about that very end part of that yeah. that bridge um yeah I, I i wanted to blame the minor third but then we took that out and it was yeah. still not and quite right for me, so. ear. yeah but it's just me i mean nobody you know it didn't bother you guys and it hasn't bothered anybody else so far in the reviews i don't think so for some reason maybe my brain just doesn't like the fact that that part was melodined <laughs> you know to that part or or something but i don't know like something about that that little bit just feels like it's not quite right to me still oh well <laughs> I'm curious to see if anybody else comments on it. All in all, though, I think that the song turned out better than I was expecting. I was miserable midweek and not sure what direction to go. But by the end, you know, after we'd piled some more sounds on top, I think it turned out great. I know that you were also not so sure about your guitar work on the bridge, but I think that's a great feature to the bridge. I'm really, really happy with that. So I don't know if you still regret that or not, but uh, I thought it was a great addition. I think it sounded fine by the end. Yeah, I don't know. I was kind of hoping that I would send that and then you'd be like, oh, that's a good idea. And then like we record it like in a competent way. <laughs> I kind of recorded it and then thought like, oh, this is so messy, but also like this is the best I'm going to be able to play this guitar part. So I just sent it over as is. But I think in the final mix, it's, you know, it, it's fine. Like it just felt not super tight to me when I was listening back to it originally. But I, I still am in favor of kind of the overall effect that it adds in the bridge. So I'm glad that we kept it. I don't know. I mean, it was fun. Like, it was fun kind of doing this with you guys and kind of seeing the way you guys work, which is completely different from <laughs> how I'm used to working. Like, you're just trading these logic files and there's like a hundred revisions of the song. And I'm like, oh my God, like, <laughs> this was actually pretty light <laughs> in terms of <laughs> revisions. And I also feel like I have to apologize because I feel like you were kind of stressed out because you had no idea like what my vision for this song was, but you didn't say that until like several days of stressing <laughs> over it. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know that like, I was supposed to tell you like an idea for how this should sound or, you know, like what? Well, that, that was just my frustration in retrospect. That was unfair of me to kind of mention anything like that at all. I think part of it was just the frustration because for a while we were thinking about using your verses and your pre-chorus and my chorus, but that just didn't, didn't come together at all. They, they were just like two totally different songs. Each time I tried to tweak it in a way that uh, might sort of, 
incorporate them together better. There was just no way to make them fit. So we just, you know, tossed that out, which was, you know, eventually a good idea. But it was so frustrating to me. Again, it's like still, you know, when I read those lyrics, I hear my own melody and chord progression to them. So it was weird, you know, and I was having some brain dissonance trying to work on this song for a long time. Yeah. Oh, and we talked about potentially doing it as a duet, too, when we first talked about. Oh, yeah. But it was in a weird spot for me because I like to sing in my preferred higher register. And then we were both kind of occupying the same sonic space. So it didn't really sound like a duet. And the low part for me is just like the low end of my voice is like the worst, most pitchy, hardest to control. So I was just like, oh, God, if I have to sing low, this is just going to be terrible. And I, I can't be this bad. <laughs> yeah, you submitted some game files for that for your vocals. And I think that it was pretty universal that it's like, wow, this is just not going to work this way. Yeah. So it, I it didn't was just... think it was universal. I liked them <laughs> and I thought it would have been cool if it was a duet, but I was uh, willing to be outvoted on that. <laughs> yeah. I thought your vocals were so much glaringly better. I know. I thought that Chumpies. too, especially yeah, after I, like, I edited oh. them for a while. Like I, I went and I comped them down to one vocal track and I was like, Oh my God, I could use like either one of these three that you sent me. Like they were all good enough with just some minor tweaks to be like used as is. So it was a very enjoyable comping session. It's like, I get to choose between pretty good, good and great. (laughs) It was like really an easy choice where when I'm comping my own vocals, it's like varying degrees of shitty I have to choose from. I right. thought your vocals sounded nice. I would have been happy to hear it as a duet, and I think it would have added some some more interesting textures and things, too, with the harmonies. Yeah, but, it probably um, would have been a little bit more interesting. and Maybe less plotting? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, we ran out of time. Like, <laughs> this is what we ended up with, and I think it's cool, but, you know, I think it could have been better than it ended up being, you know, um, just because of kind of some of those limitations. But that's not to say that I don't like the song, because I think, you know, it has all kinds of things in it that I like. But um, I found myself humming it later. Like, during mm-hmm. the week. So it's, it's stuck in my head. That's good. So, Ryan, you have to edit a bunch of this out so we don't sound totally narcissistic. So I'm going to edit everything else out. This is, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be th- three listens to this podcast. <laughs> three downloads, yeah. All right. So do you want to move on to Lebia? And I feel like this is just like Lichen Throat Song in my mind, and I wrote some of the very same notes. Like, please give me some dynamics. Like, this song is just kind of heavy and loud. The drums and cymbals are just super pounding the whole time. And I know it's supposed to be heavy, but I think some dynamics would have really given my ears a break. I like the contrast between the really high and the really low sung vocals. For the most part, this song was just relentlessly heavy. And I would have liked to have given it a few more listens to sort of pick up more stuff. But like Owl, I was kind of like, okay, I got to get reviews written and I don't want to listen to this again. So that was that was a little bit hard. 
I kind of like the the noisiness of this song, you know? I saw this video (laughs) on the internet the other day of somebody who, like, quit his job and he hired this band to come in and, like, you know, he was like, I quit, and then his, you know, like, this band, like, came out after him as he was, like, marching out, like, you know, through his resignation letter at his boss or whatever. And it was kind of like this exuberant, you know, like, just noisy, like, cacophonous kind of thing with all these people, you know, this entire, like, marching band behind him. And it kind of, like, had that same energy to me of, like, oh, this is kind of this glorious, like, noisiness. But, yeah, like, some dynamics would have been welcome, like, after a while of, you know, several minutes of listening to it. It's like, oh, God, like, (laughs) just a little bit of a break would be would be nice. You know, and I think also it feels kind of low fidelity, you know, like kind of the textures in the song feel very harsh to me. And I think that, you know, I like the general kind of dark post-punk kind of mood um, that I think he was going for. But also, you know, I think the the harshness of that sound, like the overall like sonic palette, I think gets to me a bit as well, you know, with that in combination with the kind of unrelenting onslaught of noise through the entire song. Yeah. Uh, I thought the lyrics were really interesting, too. Um, Educational. I hadn't heard of that particular story before, so it kind of led me down this Wikipedia rabbit hole reading about it. I think there are a few things like, I don't know that a mysterious ancestor coming to give you a prophecy would use the phrase colonial oppression. It feels a little bit out of place to me in terms (laughs) of uh, a little little high register. (laughs) Yeah. You know, which feels like, okay, there's a story that I want to tell and an idea that I want to get across, but like, this isn't actually necessarily how the the story would have happened, you know, but I couldn't really hear the lyrics, honestly, like most, most of the song, like I couldn't make them out. Like I, I read along and I was really fascinated by them as I was reading along, but you know, a lot of them were not very easy to, to kind of make out in that overall sound wave. Yeah. You were mentioning the kind of contrast between the, um, the high and the low sung vocals, but I didn't really like the high try me. Like it didn't really sound like, I think it was maybe supposed to sound kind of menacing or creepy, but I don't know. To me, it sounded a little bit just small and like a little bit shoehorned in. Like I wasn't really sure what that had to do with the the rest of the lyrics and the rest of the story. Yeah. I'm not trying to be the contrarian, but I like this a lot. And this is going to be a little bit of a backhanded compliment, but it's like, like I can imagine hearing this song on the radio and thinking to myself, you know, this song is awesome. I know that if I buy this album, I'll probably hate every song on the album except for this one, but I'm going to buy the album anyway. I feel like I've done that a ton of times where it's like, this is the hit single and uh, I'm going to enjoy this, but just sort of if a lot of the rest of it sounds like this, I'm going to be a little disappointed. But this song itself, I liked it a lot. You know, it's got this great, unique sound. I, I thought it had good energy, good charm. I thought the spoken word ending was not great for the listenability of the song, but uh, in general, I just I just like listening. This is one of the ones that I kept on going back to for repeat listens. So something about it appealed to me, and yeah, I like. No, I mean, I I enjoyed it. Like, I, I don't get me wrong. Like I said, <laughs> you know, things that I would have liked to have seen changed, but I, I did enjoy the song a lot. Yeah. All right. Next up, we've got Simple Syrup. Rap. Try me, 
I thought this was a neat idea. Uh, it was a little plotting, and it was a good enough performance and a good enough song, but it was slow and maybe borderline whiny. You know, I uh, just didn't appeal to me. Wow, this is my favorite song of the fight. Um, wow. Really? Yeah, wow. it's. I mean, it's slow, it's melancholy, it's a little bit poignant, but it hit me right in the feels. And I'm pretty simple that way. When I like the lyrics and, you know, I feel like the lyrics work on a couple different levels. Like, I always vote for a song that makes me feel something. And this one, I kind of got a feeling of sort of sadness. And it's like, you know, obviously that bit about being wrapped in plastic and cardboard. They're talking about, a, you know, a physical object on the shelf. And, you know, if you look at it that way, but it's obvious that it's a song about someone just wanting to be somebody for someone and that's how I took it and it just there was just some wanting and feeling and longing that came through for me and I'm always impressed when someone can make a song that makes me feel something like that and so yeah I like that a lot I listened to this a whole bunch of times huh. for me it was just kind of like in one ear and out the other um, I don't you know I don't say that to be mean like I think it was pleasant enough but like I just didn't really grab me melodically or lyrically or you know feeling wise and I felt like something was out of tune like I don't know if it was the guitar or you know that synth was like detuned or something but like there's something that did not feel like it was in tune with everything else that throughout the entire song that was bothering me I'm not sure what it was I don't know if you guys noticed that at all or if it was just me no I didn't get that I probably didn't pay close enough attention to it to notice but yeah I don't know it felt kind of slow and long and didn't really change enough and the lyrics were kind of vague I felt like but I mean it seems like it's gotten a pretty good reception including from you but it, it I just it never didn't grab me one out of three votes isn't bad no yeah. <laughs> um let's talk about sock puppet lullaby that's a pretty loud glockenspiel in my right ear <laughs> <laughs> like i'm not going go to, to sleep, sleep with that glockenspiel just banging along on my right ear and um so yeah that was a bit overwhelming at times and i felt like it kind of unbalanced the song stereo wise and there's like this kind of scraping sound that accompanies it that i think it is supposed to be the uh asmr but it just sort of graded on me a little bit. I mean, it's a pleasant enough song, and it had sort of a dreamy feeling if it wasn't for the booming glockenspiel. Yeah, that was my main issue with it as well. You know, like, I liked the melody and um, the kind of overall feel of the song. Like, it reminded me of that song Stay Awake from Mary Poppins, if you remember that, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, 
that kind of, you know, just pleasant, dreamy kind of sound, except I felt like the glockenspiel was so loud that it really takes you out of it, you know, because then you start focusing on like whatever little imperfections there are in the glockenspiel. And you're just kind of thinking about that the entire time instead of the rest of the song, which, you know, I don't think did the song a service. I mean, I liked the song, though, but, you know, that that was kind of my main critique of it as well. It's like turn that down a little bit. I think it's the Seems only really thing that's up high in that part of the spectrum, too. So it just dominated the high end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the vocals, too. I feel like yeah. it just had a very, you know, dreamy, pleasant sound, all of it. Yeah. I, I thought it was a nice little lullaby. I like it fine enough. It's a little repetitive, maybe, a little uneventful, but I think it's soothing, and I think it accomplishes what it set out to do. And I know you could probably say that about most of the other songs in this fight, but uh, I just like this one a little better. I, I liked it better than, you know, say, Simple Syrup or The Magnetic Letters, which also you could say s- accomplished what they set out to do too. But this one, I just thought it was more charming. I thought it was pleasant and nice. Yeah, I think we can all agree it was pretty nice. Yeah. And the Glock Chapeel, well, you know, I've got a volume slider. So. <laughs> <laughs> do you also have a mixer? Cause I don't know. But um, yeah. did you listen yeah, on he, headphones? Because I think it's worse on headphones. Like if it was just coming out of stereo speakers, you might not notice it as much. But it was just hard panned. And then Wait, just did you wh- listen on headphones or did you listen on pods? Uh, actual headphones. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So I was going to call you out. but uh, No, I but have no. listened on pods before. Guilty as charged, but not this time. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. I didn't get that, but again, maybe I listened to it on a, a lower initial setting than you, or maybe maybe it just didn't register to me uh, as glaringly as it did to you. But, maybe you uh, have waxy buildup in your right ear. I'm certain that's true. <laughs> yeah. All of these songs had the same high ringing, too, didn't they, for everybody? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Finally, last on the list, we've got Third Cat. speak at the end of this one because I have nothing but huge praise so yeah I, I just want to do to, drugs with third cat so good yeah. so good like I think it'd be fun to eat mushrooms and go to third cat studio and mess around with all of his delay effect agreed sounds like a good time, sound like <laughs> song a good time. live 2021 <laughs> <laughs> 
we'll just show up at his studio and take acid. <laughs> and pet his cats a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Some just really pretty lush sounds, and like it's just filled with like tempo changes and pitch bends and key modulations and third cat's vocals are nice and soothing throughout the entire thing like he's talking you through it like third cat is your guru your guide i like that yeah i wrote that um i felt like the rhythm kind of took a minute to kind of all come together but was like so immensely satisfying once it did and then it just sounded really like wonderfully like big and deep and like lots of dynamic range you know like the mix just felt big and lush to me which is wonderful you know it sounded it sounded really good yeah easy and like i like kind of the mixture of acoustic and electronic that he has going on here right because the drums are all synthesized but the guitars are all acoustic Mm -hmm. right and i think there's maybe like one too many like key change swoopy things um (laughs) for for my taste but eh, it was minor Like, um, I, I was in this all this <laughs> tribute band one year for Halloween, and we did this cover of Proud Mary. It had, like, four key changes in a row, just, like, one after another. It just keeps on going up and up. It's um, like you're in a kind Jason of, like, Collier number. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's just a personal minor taste thing, you know? But, yeah, overall, I really like the song. I thought it sounded really good. Yeah. Yeah, I, to me, I thought this sounds like a collage of all of the best tricks and turns that Third Cat does and has done, and I am totally buying it. Okay, yeah, that interlude is a bit extreme, but I love it, and uh, I love this whole song. It's wild and lovely and fabulous, and it's way too much, and it's way over the top, and it's doing stuff wrong, you know, and I like that. <laughs> You know, this this is kind of like the best example of what Song Fight is for, I think. This is, I, I was just so happy to hear this. So happy to hear all of the, you know, all of the modulations. So happy to hear, you know, that interlude, which was, which was too long and too loud and too weird. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. More. Yes. All the way through it, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And, uh, and yeah, and a lot of it, it's, it's very third cat too. A lot of kind of the stuff, but just amped up. And, uh, and yeah, yeah, this is fantastic. This is all I ever need to hear in terms of music ever again. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's it. That's, that's everything I want. So just it's going just, on your forever playlist. It's, it is. I'm taking everything else off my forever playlist. This is just going to be it for until the end of time. It's just, yeah, just amazing. So yeah, I know. I love this song. Uh, it's perfect. Nice. All right. I, we're at the end. Congratulations. Okay. Are we going to... Talk about OG Lawn Darts at all.
Did you want to? Did you have specific things you wanted to say? I didn't get a chance to like go back and re-listen to it, honestly. So the main thing, okay. you know, just like I was in that song. <laughs> yeah. no, I, like, I liked hearing my own voice on the song. That was my favorite <laughs> yeah. part. I actually didn't. I don't like hearing my own voice talking. I haven't listened to that podcast, <laughs> the last podcast, to be honest, because I don't like hearing myself talk. Um, I'll talk, but I don't like hearing myself talk. So I was like, oh my god, it's my voice. But um, I don't know. <laughs> It was cute. I mean, it was one of those meta things, too. You know, it's like, was this too much meta or was this enough meta? Like, what were your thoughts about that? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think, I think meta-wise, it's wrong. Meaning it's probably, at least thematically, it's ephemeral. You know, it's not going to stand up to repeat listens. It's very much of that one thing then. Whereas, you know, we've, you know, Jerkatorium has done some serious meta stuff with like, no good can come of this. But, you know, that is not specifically about whatever year we made that. That, you know, you can re listen to that now and it's about any song fight live and it's about, you know, yearly song fight live. So that kind of fits with, with any of that. And then, you know, some of the other ephemeral stuff, well, it was for what it was for and it wasn't meant to be listened to over and over again. But I, guess it bugs me a little bit when there's something that's something for a very specific deal even if it's this podcast and that's pretty much what this song was all about it was a response to it and that's why i wanted to talk about it i wanted to at least acknowledge it because he took the effort of making a song that was to us about us and for us and uh you know i i just wanted to shout out i thought it was a good song it was as good as any of the other OG Lawn Dart songs. I think, you know, again, I've already complained about how ephemeral the, the topic was in terms of the lyrics, but I still enjoyed it. I still liked hearing it. It still frustrated me a little bit because, of course, you know, I can say in nine out of ten podcasts that I could listen to Small Town Mike reading a phone book and still be captivated by the charisma of it. But I say one thing that is like, well, we know what we're going to get when we get a small town Mike verse. And that's the thing that he focuses on, which I'm sure we all do. Right. It's like people could say a ton of nice things about us. And then one thing that's mildly critical and we obsess on that. Yeah. Somebody said I sing like a Muppet just once. And oh, man, just never letting that go. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, yeah. I, I, I take the, uh, the thought that you should probably take that as a compliment instead. I love the Muppets. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, but, um, well, I mean, so I think that the, the lyrics of this song though, I mean, the rest of the, like, I thought the rest of the song was kind of this like defiant, you know, story about, you know, defying what people say about you and going your own way or whatever. Like I thought actually, I mean, I'm basing this off of my memory of hearing this song like four months ago or whatever. So I could be totally wrong, but I didn't think the song itself was actually that meta aside from like all the samples and things, was it? I guess you could read it that way. I mean, actually, come to think of it, yeah, if you just took out the samples, then it'd be a, a fine OG lawn dart song that is probably, you know, more widely interpretable. But it, just because of, of how it is and how it's posted and how it's, quote, immortalized, unquote, online, you know, we're probably never going to hear that version. So, I don't know. Yeah. But I, so, I mean, I liked, I liked hearing the different, uh, the, the screaming, <laughs> screaming punk rock, hardcore, small town mic. Yeah. Was that him? Was that that thing I about the bus stop? I thought that was like an actual thing that like some recording of him from when he was a teenager yeah, in a hardcore band. Yeah, that's what I thought band. too. Well, um, you should really read the boards, Ryan. I shouldn't. 
I, I don't want to, I don't want to like advocate for people not reading the boards, but I'm not good on the boards. So uh, I want to keep my exposure limited. I'll, I'll get sucked in otherwise. Anyhow. Yeah. So I'm, I, again, uh, I'm going to cut that out though, because I don't want to advocate for people not getting on the boards. So I just think I'm not good on them. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, shout outs, plugs, in, anything for you to uh, plug owl? Uh, I don't think so. I'm good. All right. Check out her uh, stuff with uh, Gentle Brontosaurus and Miscellaneous Owl on Bandcamp and her videos for Gentle Brontosaurus on YouTube. And um, I, I don't know what I'm missing here. Uh, uh, check out all of the Ouijaverse suite on the Neurine 14 archive. And I guess that's about it. I want to shout out to Brian and Alice. Thanks for doing what you do. I want to shout out to my husband. Thank you for all your love and support. All right. And I would like to shout out to my lovely wife, Sarah, who has just finished making dinner and is like, why are you not here at the table? (laughs) Um, I would shout out to my husband, but he's not going to listen to this podcast. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) My wife is also not going to listen to this podcast. She really doesn't care for my singing. All right. Tell her this was an all-song podcast. All-song or... podcast, yeah. <laughs> she's really heard a lot about Song Fight, and she's been a really good sport about it. So. Oh, good, good. But yeah, anyway, thank you again so much for having me on the podcast again. Um, it's always lovely to talk to you, and um, thank you for collaborating with me on this yeah. track. It was a lot of fun, and we should do it again sometime and, you know, try to <laughs> do some better time management. or you know, <laughs> For sure, for time, sure. But, you know, I still liked what we came up with, and you know, yeah, I'm too. happy that we did it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. See you on the flippy flop. Catch you on the I, flippy flop? What is, what is your trademark thing, Ryan? Say your trademark I do, thing. I don't have it. I'll, like, I Googled it and it's from The Office or something. So <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I, <sighs> and I don't watch The Office, so I don't know how I got it. I got it from somebody else yep, who yep. was quoting The Office, apparently. So, yeah. So that's that. Done. All right. Done. Goodbye. Okay. And I make some gross ASMR noises. <laughs> 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 